Lucille Ball and Richard Denning are back with another episode from My Favorite Husband. This one is from September 16, 1949, and it's entitled Baseball. Sort of appropriate at this time of year. Liz and a few of her friends want to go to some baseball games with their husbands, but their husbands want to go alone because, you see, they don't want to have to take the time to explain the rules of the game to the ladies who they think do not know a thing about baseball. And of course they were right. But Liz and her friends are having some secretive get-togethers with a baseball rules book in hand and are trying to learn the rules to surprise their husbands so they will take them out to the ball game. Buy them some peanuts and crack good jacks and we... Oh, excuse me, I got lost. Um, one of the most popular radio sitcoms which eventually led to the CBS television hit I Love Lucy, here is... My Favorite Husband with Lucille Ball and Richard Denning as Mr. and Mrs. George Cooper and also co-starring Gail Gordon, who was Mr. Conklin, on the Armist Brooks program. And I'm sure you will understand that the sponsor is Jell-O because there are more than a few references to the product. Incidentally, when they decided to change the show to CBS TV and Lucy demanded that her real husband, Desi Arnaz, play her TV husband, the Jell-O company dropped the sponsorship and it was picked up by Philip Morris Cigarettes. Jell-O did not think the show would make it on TV. Wow, did they get that one wrong. This is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. My name's John Lovering, and I thank you for the privilege of your time. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Hello, everybody. Yes, it's the new gay family series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. And brought to you by the Jell-O family of desserts. J-E-L-L-O. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper, two people who live together and like it. Come with us to the quiet little town of Sheridan Falls, and let's look into the little brown house at 321 Bundy Drive, where the Coopers live. They're entertaining George's boss, Mr. Atterbury, and his wife. And the subject under discussion is the forthcoming annual bank outing. Iris, what are you going to wear to the outing? I just can't make up my mind, Liz. Neither can I. I could wear my new play suit. Oh, no, you don't. Why not? It's a cute play suit. Well, George thinks it's too daring. He says there's too much play and not enough suit. (laughs) I suppose I should wear my blue slacks, but I wouldn't be caught dead in them. All the girls have seen them. It's the oddest thing, George boy. What is, Mr. Atterbury? Two weeks ago, those slacks that Iris wouldn't be caught dead in were the most adorable things in town for (laughs) $59.50. Rudolph. And while we're on the subject, why do they call them slacks? I've never seen any in them. (laughs) 
ignore them, Iris. The trouble is, Liz, it's hard to figure what to wear to an all-day outing like that. I know. You need shorts for the three-legged race and slacks in case it isn't a warm day. Yeah. And you need your bathing suit in case you decide to go swimming. And a coat for the drive home. Why don't you two take along a wardrobe trunk? <laughs> and a tent for the quick changes. Oh, it's so easy for you men to make fun of our problems. You can wear the same clothes for everything. Oh, I don't know about that. Mr. Atterbury, have you decided what you're going to wear Sunday? Darn it all, I just can't make up my mind. <laughs> Never mind, you two. Well, I'd wear my gym trunks, but all the boys have seen them. <laughs> well, I'd wear my gray sweatshirt, but Iris thinks it's too daring. It shows the hair on my chest. What hair? Why the... Uh, oh, dear, it's, it's really hard to know what to wear. That will do, George. You are a scream, ha-ha. <laughs> I think I really will wear those old gym trunks of mine. And my baseball cap. Uh, Liz, do you know where my ball cap is? It's in the hall closet along with that little strainer. Strainer? You know, that little strainer with a strap in the back. That happens to be my catcher's mask. <laughs> oh. Are you going to take all that stuff along Sunday? And how? They've divided the employees of the bank into two baseball teams, and, and, and I'm captain of one of them. Oh, really, George? That's wonderful. Yes, and I'm captain of the other one. That's nice, Rudolph. <laughs> I'll get a bottle of Absorbing Junior. I won't need any this year, Iris. I'm not playing. You're not, Rudolph? No, and neither am I. Well, why not? You two always play. Well, they made a new rule this year. You mean you have to be good? <laughs> I'll ignore that. No, th this year the teams are going to be made up of husbands and wives. And you can't play unless your wife plays. Well, why didn't you ask us? Iris and I would have been glad to play. That's why we didn't ask you. <laughs> well... I think that's mean. You don't even know if Iris and I can play baseball. Well, uh, look at it this way, Liz. Does Lippy let Lorraine play? <laughs> oh, give us a chance. I'll bet we'd be good. Iris could be tackle and I could be quarterback. <laughs> you mean she could serve and you'd play the net? Oh, yeah, yeah. I must have been thinking about bowling. <laughs> I wouldn't believe this if I hadn't heard it. Liz, do you know what a strike is? Certainly. That's when you knock down all the players with one ball. By gosh, she was thinking of bowling. Why don't you let us play, Rudolph? Forget it, DiMaggio. Rudolph, do you think I'm an old lady? Too blind to hit? Too fat to run? Too awkward to throw a ball? Is that what you think? That covers it pretty well. <laughs> Say, what are you girls kicking about? It's rougher on us not being able to play. Oh. Oh, what I wouldn't give to get into my old college uniform and hear the crowd yell as I slide into home plate. Well, George, as long as you aren't going to wear that dirty old uniform, may I please throw it away this year? Well, I should say not. Do you know what the number five on that dirty old uniform stands for? It doesn't stand for Chanel. 
It stands for the best ball player our college ever had. Me. You? Yes, sir, little old me. There's a certain group of spectators who'll never forget the afternoon of August 25th, 1933. If anyone asks why, I'll kill him. <laughs> well, sir, it was the final game of the series. Places, everybody, you are about to hear a reading of that famous epic, Cooper at the Bat. When I came to bat, it was the last of the ninth. Two men were out and the bases were loaded. What else? <laughs> Come on, let's get it over, George. You stepped coolly up I to the plate. I stepped coolly up to the plate. The first pitch, right through the middle. Strike one. The second pitch, right through the middle. Look, look, uh, boy... In case the third pitch is a strike, step back. You're spraying. Well, the third pitch came fast and hard. I gripped the bat firmly. I swung. And the ball went up, 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 and over the bleachers for a whole run. Thank you, Ted Husing. Well, that was very good, George. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Atterbury. Where'd you read that? It's true, and you'd see it again Sunday. If I could only play. Oh, now, George, you could play if you'd let us play, too. Yes, come on. on. Give let us, us a chance have a break to show one. what we No. Can. Please? No. Oh! George. George. Hmm? <clears throat> well, well, what is it? I just had a dream, and I played baseball real good, so I think you should let me play on your ball team. Oh, now, don't start that again. I'm just as sorry as you are that you don't know how to play. Oh, now I'm a disappointment to you. I didn't say that. Well, you meant it. I did not. <laughs> now what's the matter? You wish you were married to a first baseman. <laughs> oh, Liz, cut it out. I can see it all now. The bride looked lovely in cleats and a catcher's mitt. She spiked the groom as she slid into the altar. Now, cut it out, Liz. You, you cannot play, and you're getting all emotional over nothing. I just wish I'd known about this a long time ago, that's all. Why? I could have signed up for baseball in gym class instead of group games and folk dances. They've never done me any good at all. Katie, I've made a great decision. What's that, Mrs. Cooper? Well, George can't play baseball Sunday unless I can play, too. So I'm going to learn all about baseball today. I thought you were going shopping this afternoon. I am. I'm going to learn about baseball this morning. It won't take me all day. Hand me the phone book, will you? Oh, oh won't George Here. be surprised? Let's see now. Classified section. Automobiles, awnings, baby food, barber supplies, bottles, cabinet makers. Huh. How do you like that? There isn't a single baseball teacher in town. I'll get it, Katie. Hello, Liz girl. Well, come on in, Iris. Well, I stopped by the bookstore and got the most wonderful book. It's called Baseball and How to Play It. Oh, wonderful. Will you help us, Katie? All right. Class will come to order. Uh, let's see. Our baseball team is composed of nine men. Oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> Iris, don't forget they're going to be our husbands. Oh, nuts. 
<laughs> a game consists of nine innings, and each team is allowed three outs per inning. Any questions? I have one. So have I. What's yours, Iris? What's an out? Is that what you were going to ask? No, I was going to ask what's an inning, but now that you mention it, I don't know what an out is either. <laughs> what is it, Katie? Well, it doesn't say. I guess that comes later. Well, go ahead. What are the positions of the players? Well, they're standing up, aren't they? <laughs> oh, all, all except the catcher. He squats. <laughs> Gee, Liz, you know much more about it than I do. Well, well, I've been around a little. That wasn't the right answer. No? The positions are pitcher, catcher, first base. Oh, now, who's that? Hello, Mrs. Cooper. Are you busy? Well, a little, Mr. Wood. Oh, you've got company. I won't bother you. I was just a little lonesome. Lonesome? With 11 children? That's just it. They're all away. Oh. I miss the thunder of little feet around the house. Yeah, I guess you do. I heard the patter of some big feet over here. Well, so... I'd ask you in, but Mrs. Atterbury and I are studying baseball. We want to surprise our husbands. Oh, you're not trying to learn it out of a book? Yes. Oh, you can't learn baseball that way. Why didn't you ask me to teach you? Oh, would you? Iris, this is our next-door neighbor, Mrs. Atterbury, Mr. Wood. Hello, Mr. Wood. Atterbury. Are you sure you know about baseball, Mr. Wood? Do I know about baseball? I saw a World Series game once. <laughs> is that good? I'll never forget. It was the final game of the series, the last of the ninth. The bases were loaded, and two men were out when Babe Ruth came to bat. He let two strikes go by. And then knocked a home run and saved the day? Yes, that's right. Why, the big copycat. He stole that from George. <laughs> well, look, look, if we're, if we're going to learn baseball, let's get started. Okay. All right, all right. Now, let's say the living room is the diamond. The what? Diamond. And I'll put these pillows down for the base. Now, Mrs. Atterbury, you cover first base. All right. Now, Mrs. Cooper, yeah. you're up to bat, and... Mrs. Atterbury, you don't cover first base by sitting on it. <laughs> Not much, she doesn't. <laughs> she covers first base and halfway to second base. <laughs> Liz. That's not what I mean. No. Stand on the base, Mrs. Atterbury. Right. Now, Mrs. Cooper... Yeah. You're at bat, and you've just hit the ball. You run to first base. I can't. Why not? Iris is on first base. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Go on, run to first base. Nothing doing. You stay there, Liz. This is my base. <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. Let her get her own base. <laughs> well, it is kind of silly, Mr. Wood. With all the bases that are empty, why do we have to crowd up on one? Never mind. We'll all be on the same team. Now, this is a double play. Mrs. Atterbury, you're on first base. I'm in a rut. <laughs> Mrs. Cooper, you're on second base. And I'm shortstop. Okay, I'm on second base. Now, the batter hits a grounder. Hits a what? A grounder. Mrs. Atterbury goes back to field the ball... You move over to cover first base, and I cover second. Now, the throw comes to first base. Who's on first? You are. Well, where's Iris? I'm back feeling the ball. <laughs> feeling the back feeling the ball. 
thought that was silly. <laughs> now, Mrs. Cooper, you throw the ball to second. Who's on second? I am! <laughs> now, if it were a triple play, I would throw the ball to third. Just a minute, Mr. Wood. I'm on first, Iris is fielding the ball, and you're on second. Who, who's on third? Abbott and Costello! <laughs> Crowding the bases again. <laughs> Ladies, the lesson is over. <laughs> You'll never learn anything about baseball. Yeah, th- this isn't our game, Liz. Let's forget it. Oh, we can't. What do you mean we can't? Well, I thought it would be easy to learn all about baseball, so this morning I... I, uh... You what? I called the bank and signed us up for the game. Oh, no! Uh, yes! <laughs> Well, maybe Liz ought to quit trying to learn baseball and take to cooking instead. Because anybody, but anybody, can be a successful cook with Jell-O puddings. Why, all you do is add milk, and they take just about five minutes to cook. Here's a swell new idea. Butterscotch peach pie, made with luscious Jell-O butterscotch pudding. Just prepare your puddings as directed on the package and cool slightly. Then pour it over two cups of well-drained canned-sliced peaches in a baked pie shell. Garnish with whipped cream. There's a dessert the family will go for. Jell-O butterscotch pudding with that rich, buttery, brown sugar goodness combined with tempting golden peaches. All three Jell-O puddings bring you real, wonderful homemade goodness. Jell-O butterscotch, chocolate, and vanilla pudding. They're smooth as cream. They're rich and distinctive. And once you've tried them, you'll find out why more women buy Jell-O puddings than any other prepared puddings in the world. And now, back to the Coopers. Some startling news has just been placed on the bulletin board of the Sheridan Falls National Bank. Two new names have been added to the roster of the husband and wives baseball teams. When George Cooper found out, he acted in his usual gallant fashion. Mr. Atterbury, something awful's happened. The bank's been held up. Worse than that. Worse than that? Liz signed up to play with my team tomorrow. She did? <laughs> oh, that's a shame, boy. <laughs> and, and Iris signed up to play on your team. Yeah, Iris signed up to play. <laughs> oh, Gad. Why couldn't the bank have been robbed? Fun. You know, I didn't know so many people worked at the bank. Want another hot dog, Iris? Yeah, yeah, I think I would. What do you want? What, what would you like on it? Same thing? Pickle, mustard, chili sauce, ketchup? Yeah, and lettuce, butter, salt, pepper, and a dash of horseradish. Iris, at least give the hot dog a fighting chance. <laughs> How about you, George? More to eat? Nope, got to keep in shape for the game. Well, for heaven's sake, sit down and stop swinging that bat. You look so conspicuous. No one else is wearing his old college uniform. Well, George, I'm impressed if you can still get into the clothes you wore in college. I have my uniform, but it doesn't quite fit me anymore. Hmm. 
His arm won't even fit in the trousers. <laughs> well, George fit into his after we made the decision. Uh, what decision? Either he had to let out his breath or I had to let out his pants. <laughs> You'll sing another song when you see me play. Who'd you finally get to umpire, George? Our neighbor, Mr. Wood. Oh, but he's a friend of yours. That's not fair. Why didn't you get someone from the bank, Rudolph? They all refused. They were afraid to call a strike on me. <laughs> well, let's get the game going. Uh, what did you do with the baseball gloves I brought, Liz? I left them in the car. They aren't any good. Aren't any good? I just bought them. Well, you sure got stung. They're all left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> They're supposed to be... Oh, never mind. Go get them and let's start the game. Everybody, let's go. Who's up at bat first? We are. Okay, my team out on the field. All right, now, talk it up. That's George, the old pepper. George. Come on, whip it around the bat. There they go. George! George, what are you going to play? I'm pitching. Well, what am I going to play? Catcher, first base, uh, second base? No, honey. Third base, shortstop, right field, center field? Uh, no, Left Liz. Left field, uh... bat boy, program, seat cushions, popcorn, peanuts, <laughs> hot dogs. George, stop me. Hot dog. Liz. Hot dog. Liz, now, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, now I'll, I'll tell you how it is, Liz. I'm, I'm using strategy. I'm saving you. You're saving me? Yeah. Now, now, when the team gets in a tight spot, then you're going to come in and pull us out of the hole. George. What? Why don't you let me pitch and you wait and pull us out of the hole? No, Liz, I want you to have the honor. Now, now, stay on the sidelines and root for us. All right, let's go. All right, all right. Iris is up first. Has anybody seen the old bat? <laughs> oh, oh, yes, there it is on the ground. Yeah. You are, Iris. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah. Are you sure you know what to do? Of course I do. Come on, let's go. Iris. I think you'll hit the ball farther if you use the other end of the bat. Play ball! What do you mean, ball? That was a strike. Anybody could see that? You're blind or something? What's the matter with you? Liz, I haven't thrown it yet. Oh, well, I got the old team spirit, haven't I, George? Yeah. Now, uh, don't throw a very fast one, George. Sorry, Iris. When baseball starts, friendship ends. Yeah. I'm going to throw my speedball. You won't even be able to see it. All right. Here it comes. Iris. George, you are good. You hit her bat and made the ball go clear out over the tree. <laughs> well, run, Iris. Don't stand there. What happened? What was that noise I heard? You just hit a home run. Speedball, eh, George? Let's have more of those. Ah! <laughs> George, it's the sixth inning. Is it time for me to play yet? Not yet, honey. But they're ahead of us, ten to nothing. Isn't this the tight spot you were telling me about? Uh, no. Uh, now, now, don't worry, Liz. We're holding our own. Holding our own? Yes, the score's been ten to nothing for the last four innings. <laughs> You're not 
not going to let me play at all. I am. I'm saving you. Well, stop saving me. Spend me already. <laughs> now, don't bother me, Liz. I- I've got to get out there and pitch to Mr. Atterbury. Now, talk to me after this inning. Oh. All right, Cooper boy, fire away. What direction shall I hit the home run in? Don't worry, you won't even see them all. Well, let it go, boy. Strike one! Strike? What's the matter with you? That was a mile wide of the plate. It was? Certainly. Ball one. Ball? Are you kidding? That was right through the middle. It was? You're darn right it was. Strike one. (laughs) It was a ball. It was a strike. Strike! Ball! Strike! Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are we arguing for? Take it over. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Nice work, Joe. That ties the score. Hey, the score is tied! Ah, uh, the bases are loaded. This is our big chance. Oh, here I am, Captain. All set. Do I win now? Are you kidding? The last of the ninth. Three men on, two outs, and it's my turn at bat? But you said I could play. That's not fair. Liz, I'm saving you. For when? Next year's bank outing? If you were going to save me this long, you should have packed me in dry ice. Please, Liz. You cheated me. Liz. Cheaters never prosper. They are never oh, prosper. Oh, <laughs> Swinging three bats like that for anyway. You look silly. Well, all big league batters swing three bats. Then, then you let two of them go like this, and the other one, see. Oh. George! Help! He hit himself with a bat! George! George, boy, speak to me. Oh, what hit me? I'm, I'm supposed to be at bat. You're not going to play anymore today, boy. Oh, but who'll bat in my place? Aren't you glad you saved me, George? <laughs> Why? He passed out again. Harry, you take him to the first aid station. Do you want to continue the game? You're darn right we do. We'll win this one for good old George. Come on, team! Batter up! That's me. I'm ready. Come on, pitch it over. Wait a minute. You can't pitch from there. You're standing entirely too close to me. Back up! Mrs. Cooper, you are facing the catcher. (laughs) Oh. If you do an about face, you will see the pitcher. Oh. I was just kidding. Oh. All right, let's go. Strike one. Strike one? How can you call that a strike when I didn't even see the ball? It came right over the plate. Well, that's not fair. I get up here before I get a chance to blink my eyes. Strike two. Now, you wait a minute. I was talking. I'm sorry, Mrs. Cooper. Well, why can't you wait till I stop talking? We don't want the game to be called on account of darkness. I'll get you for that, Rudolph Atterbury. Now, you understand, Mrs. Cooper. You only get one more strike. One more? Mr. Wood, my husband's lying over there unconscious, and I'm left to carry on alone. Couldn't you let me have one extra strike? Please. Now watch the pitcher. He's winding up. I'm ready for him. George. 
George, honey, how do you feel? No, I feel better. The, the doctor told me to lie here and be quiet. Oh, tell me, Liz, who won the game? We did, by one run. And guess who made it? No. Yes, I was magnificent. It was the last of the night. The bases were loaded. Two men were out. I know all that. What happened? Did I stop you when you were telling your story? Go on. I stepped up to the plate. I let two strikes go by. Didn't even look at them. Then that third pitch came up right across the center, and I belted it out. Up, up, up for a home run. Liz, you're wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I got the doctor, Liz. He'll be right in to look at you. To look at Liz? Yes, yes. She got hit on the head with the ball. That automatically sent her to first base and forced in the winning run. Oh, you and your big fat mouth. Yes, Lucille. Bob, do you realize that I haven't been making the most of being on the radio? Well, what do you mean? Why, Bob, I can control the universe. If I want it to storm, I just say, storm! Stop! You didn't get wet, did you? Not a drop. See? Or I could be in China, or on top of a mountain in Switzerland. That's it. I'm on top of a mountain in Switzerland. Oh, my ears are popping. Let's not be literal, old boy. <laughs> I wonder if there's an echo up here. Hello? Jello? Oh, what a smart echo. Puddings. He's going in business for himself. Uh, I'll try again. Testing. One, two, three, four. Jello puddings are a trio of treats. Jello chocolate pudding, luscious with deep down chocolatey goodness. Jello butterscotch pudding with that buttery brown sugar flavor. Jello vanilla pudding, rich and smooth as cream. Did I say that? <laughs> Testing, one, two, three, four. Well, he finally got around to it. All you do is add milk, and jello puddings take only about five minutes to cook to velvety rich perfection. He's off again. Jello puddings are nourishing, too. A swell dessert for the kids. A swell dessert for the kids. Who said that? Who said that? That's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> ah, that takes care of him. Good night, Echo. You have been listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The part of Katie the Maid was played by Ruth Parrott. Lucille Ball will soon be seen in the Columbia picture Miss Grant Takes Richmond. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball and My Favorite Husband again next week, presented by... J-E-L-L-L. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Oh.